Hello, friends, and welcome to yet another episode of the Holistic Healing Podcast. I'm your host, Dominique Andrioli. How are you all today? I am getting another episode in before I go and pick my girls up at preschool and childcare. Um, Emma is currently at her preschool class, and our baby is currently with my mom. So I'm getting a little bit of work done while Nick is also at work. Um, It's been a busy day of personal training and helping to coach other females and reaching out to women and answering questions about hormones and just getting everybody what they need in regards to Um, their hormone health, their goals, their weight loss goals, their exercise goals. And um, I'm actually very excited because I recently was working with a female um, and she was trying to get pregnant and she was having difficulty and afraid to. And um, long story short, she is actually very excited because she is now currently welcoming their new baby soon. So that's just a brief little story. So I'm feeling pretty good today, feeling really happy. Always makes me feel good and happy knowing that I can help one woman at a time live to their full potential and feel their best and feel their greatest. So anyway, I hope you guys are feeling well too. And I hope that through this um, episode, you will be able to learn a little more about um, you know, your hormone health and what you can do to try and make it better. So today we are specifically going to be talking about why you should change your exercise and eating habits right before your period. Okay. So why should you change your exercise and eating habits before your period? So there are a many, many different reasons, and I'm going to go into the science a little bit behind why, because I don't like to just give you, you ladies, you know, information without explaining the why. I want you to know why you are doing something and know that I'm not just, you know, taking stuff and pulling it out of my, my backside saying, here, do this, um, that there's actually reasoning and truth in science to back it up. So, um, some of the reasons why you should be changing your exercise and eating habits prior to your period, just before your period starts, um, is it helps to have a good, healthy cycle. And in turn, by having a good, healthy cycle, you in turn have better fertility and you in turn can get pregnant easier, more easily. So if you guys are trying to get pregnant, um, by doing these next few things, which I'm going to tell you, it is just a small piece of helping of the, of the larger puzzle that could help you get pregnant um, because it's, like I said, it's going to regulate your cycle better and a regulated healthy cycle means that you're going to have more regulated healthy fertility, which means you're going to have a typically a more easy time to get pregnant. Before I also continue on, I just want to caveat that I am not a doctor and as always, reach out to your doctor or healthcare provider provider, if you are really struggling with any health issues um, or major health or life changes. These are just tips and tricks coming from myself. So that is one of the reasons why you should be changing your exercise and eating habits before your period. Um, 
Additionally, even if you're someone who's not looking to get pregnant, you should still try and change your exercise and eating habits before your period because it is going to help with PMS symptoms. So if you are somebody who is struggling with, um, let's say, mood swings, hormonal acne, bloating, really bad cramps, headaches, migraines, those kind of things, those few days leading up to your period or even during your period, incorporating these things, so changing your exercise and eating habits before your period are really going to help decrease those PMS symptoms. Um, and going also going back to trying to get pregnant, if you're somebody who's been trying to get pregnant for, let's say you've been trying to get pregnant for four plus months, um, I highly recommend that you try talking to someone. Um, I'm here to chat with you. I can talk with you about your fertility. I know that doctors sometimes say one year and then after one year, we'll talk about, um, you know, other things that might be going on. However, in truth, if your body is pretty balanced and you and your husband have balanced hormones and healthy hormones and you're still not able to get pregnant after four plus months, it means that there's actually um, something going on and that you should actually reach out and talk to someone prior to that one year mark, whether it's your doctor or somebody like myself who is a functional nutritionist and a women's health specialist, um, just to chat and get, get that because I mean... <laughs> Let's be honest, nobody wants to try and try and try for a year. It's it's long and it gets tiresome um, and it's just emotionally draining as well. Okay, so here we go. So really healthy cycle, good fertility, less PMS. Those are the reasons you should. Now there are two top hormones that really affect, you know, um, fertility and PMS and all of the other things. They are blood sugar levels, so insulin, and cortisol levels, your stress. These are the two biggest hormones that are going to affect your fertility, your healthy cycle, and your PMS. This is because they are need, they need to be balanced in order to balance the rest of your hormones. They are considered top tier hormones, okay? So if you were to look them up, top tier hormones, insulin and cortisol are going to be those top two at the top that are going to basically have a domino effect on your other hormones. So essentially, if one of these are off, you are almost guaranteed to have another hormone off. You know, you, your body is lives in synergistic harmony, right? If you've been listening to my podcast, if you know me in person, if you've talked to me, if you've taken my course or my one-to-one -one coaching, you will know that our hormones live in, that our bodies live in synergistic harmony and that our hormones all play a role. So when cortisol, that stress level is, stress hormone is off, another hormone is going to be off. If insulin, your blood sugar level um, is off, essentially your, your blood sugar levels come from eating and things like that is off, then there's going to be another hormone that's going to be off. So remember they keep a domino effect. And that's why these two hormones, if they are unbalanced, they are also going to affect your two sex hormones, progesterone, progesterone, sorry, and estrogen. Okay. So when insulin is off or cortisol is off by domino or effect, your progesterone and, or your estrogen is most likely going to be off as well. 
And when your estrogen and your progesterone are off, essentially you are going to have really terrible PMS. You might have difficulty getting pregnant and you're not going to have the most healthy cycle, meaning that maybe your periods are very heavy or long, or maybe you don't know when your period's coming, or maybe you don't know when you're ovulating, or maybe you don't know when you're fertile. Okay. So one way that I'm going to tell you, a couple ways I'm going to tell you to help balance your blood sugar levels, your insulin and your cortisol levels, your stress hormone prior to your period is by changing your exercise and eating habits prior to your period. Okay. And this time prior to your period is called your luteal phase. So your luteal phase is about 10 to 14 days before your period starts. Just to quickly break it down. Um, you start off with your period. That's your menstrual phase when you're bleeding those couple of days, right after you stopped bleeding is your follicular stage, your follicular phase right about in the middle of your cycle, anywhere between days nine through 14 is typically when you are ovulating your ovulatory cycle. And finally, your luteal phase is that week or two leading up before your period. So in that final week before your period, the week before your your menstrual cycle starts again, cortisol is at its highest. Okay. So cortisol, the stress hormone is at its highest. And you might be just thinking like, oh, okay, well, cortisol you know, I don't feel stressed right now. You know what? Like my husband and I were super happy together or, you know what? I drove into work today and there was no traffic. Um, you know what? Financially we're doing amazing. I don't feel like I have any stress, but by nature that week leading up to your period, your cortisol levels in your body, your stress levels are going to be higher. Okay. That's naturally what happens. And when this happens, You need to make sure that you are finding ways to help stabilize cortisol levels. All right. So I've had so many women come to me who say, you know, I don't know what's going on. I've been exercising, you know, every day on the regular. Um, I've been taking fasting diets, keto diets and all the things. And um, I'm taking all supplements, which caveat, not all supplements are created equal, by the way. So reach out to me about that if you have questions about supplements, which I go over in my one-to-one hormone coaching. Anyway, I'll have these women come up to me and saying all of these things, okay, and just to find out, they're, they're like, I, I don't know what's going on. I can't lose weight. I have terrible PCOS. What the heck is going on? I feel like I have a pretty good handle on you know my health. And the reason why is because they aren't understanding that their body is going through the luteal phase right before their period. And during their, this phase, their cortisol levels are highest. And you need to support this. Okay. So you need to support the fact that your cortisol levels are high and you need to try and find ways to decrease them and eliminate them. So what I mean is when cortisol levels are high right before your period, cortisol is made by your body, right? Cortisol isn't just made out of nowhere, like poof, snap your fingers and Hey, look, I have cortisol. No, it uses your body's energy to make more cortisol. Okay. And what happens when you need to produce more cortisol in your body, you are pulling the energy it needs to create progesterone. So if you were doing things to stress your body out more the week leading up to your period, you are taking the energy that your body needs for to make progesterone and using it instead to make cortisol. 
and you want your progesterone levels to stay elevated from the day you ovulate through your period in order to have the most healthy cycle. And what happens is when we do things like intermittent fasting right before our period, high intensity exercise right before our period, or little sleep right before our period, we are causing our bodies to stress out more, which is causing cortisol to rise, which is causing you to take more energy from your body to make cortisol and less energy away to keeping progesterone elevated. Does that kind of make sense a little bit? So... Things that could be stressing your body out that week leading up to your period could look like things like intermittent fasting, over-exercising, lack of sleep, untapped emotions, um, you know, all of those kind of things, okay? And the point is, is those aren't necessarily, intermittent fasting is not necessarily bad, but it is not good for the female body that week before the period or when you're on your period. There is a time and a place for intermittent fasting. It is not the week before your period. If you guys want me to actually do a separate video on intermittent fasting, please let me know. Send me a message on my Instagram or via email and let me know and I can get you that as well. Okay. So the second thing, so sorry, the first thing tip that I want to give you that you should do in order to help stabilize your cortisol stress levels, here are your tips, okay, is to reduce your exercise, all right? So for example, so this is what you should be doing. You should slow down your exercises that week before your period, okay? I don't mean that, you know, you can have to stop your period. You have to stop exercising altogether. It just simply means that you need to slow your exercising down. So I know on social media, you are probably seeing all of these people doing HIIT workouts and crazy running workouts and crazy stair climber workouts and all the things. I know I get it. I'm on Instagram too, and I see it. And there is a time and a place for those workouts. I am not saying that they're bad. There is a time and a place, but the week leading up to your period is not the time nor the place. All right. So instead, slow your exercises down, do slow, heavy weightlifting, do Pilates, do walks, do slow, steady jogs rather than fast sprints, do, um, bar classes. Think long, lean, and slow is what you want to think of during your week leading up to your period. Okay. So that's going to slow everything down, which is going to cause your cortisol levels to stabilize just a little bit better. Now, tip number two, I know I talked about insulin, your blood sugar levels. A lot of people will start intermittent fasting because a lot of people will find results on intermittent fasting. However, most people who see results with intermittent fasting are either males or females who are not fertile anymore. All right. Or somebody who started intermittent fasting, did intermittent fasting for a few months, but then they didn't continue intermittent fasting for years is because, you know, you might see some results in the beginning of intermittent fasting, but eventually your stress levels and your cortisol levels and your insulin levels are going to catch up with you and it's going to off balance other hormones. And then eventually it doesn't work for a female after a while. Unless, like I said, you're not fertile anymore. If you've gone through menopause and then intermittent fasting, that's a whole different topic. Okay. So anyway, so there is a time and a place for intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is not the time and not the place the week leading up to your period. 
In fact, in fact, that week leading up to your period, you want to start eating warmer, more dense, more rich foods. I don't mean you need to go and eat all your dark chocolate and your your puddings and your heavy, heavy, cheesy casseroles, but you do at, you are actually supposed to increase your calories by about 200 calories that week leading up to your period because your metabolism has sped up. All right. So your body needs an additional 200 calories. This could look, be in the form of maybe an additional snack. So for me, typically, um, I will include maybe a small snack before dinner time that week leading up to my period, or maybe a small snack after dinner time leading up to your period. You know, different people's routines are going to look a little bit different. And the second thing is try not to go more than four awake hours without eating. Notice that I said awake hours. It's not like you need to set an alarm at nighttime every four hours and going and eating where we're not infants or babies. I'm talking about awake hours. Okay. So for example, let's say you wake up and you have breakfast at 8 a.m. Then you have lunch at noontime and then your dinner is typically at six. Now, of course, it's just an example schedule. Your schedule might not look like this. That would mean that between lunch and dinner, you have six hours, you should be incorporating a snack somewhere between three o'clock and four o'clock in the afternoon, okay? And that is because you do not want to go longer than four hours awake without eating that week before your period because your body is going to start to get tired, lightheaded, your insulin levels are going to be all over the place. Your blood sugar levels are going to start to drop because your body needs more calories and you're not giving enough calories. Your blood sugar for blood sugar levels are going to start to plummet. And when they start to plummet, again, you're going to put more stress on your body. You're going to cause your cortisol levels to skyrocket. And again, what did I say? What happens when your cortisol levels skyrocket? You're taking away from progesterone. And when you take away from progesterone, guess what? You're going to have more difficult time getting pregnant. You're going to have problems with PMS. You're probably going to, you might look like, you know, problems with hair, skin, and nails. You might look like you have poor bone health. There are a slew of things that could happen, right? Now, keep in mind, this doesn't mean causation, this is just correlation, okay? So just because you do this thing doesn't mean that it's going to affect every single human being, every single female the exact same way. There's just been correlations with these going on, okay? So in closing, you want to increase your calories by 200, eat more warm, dense foods, and eat a maximum of every four hours, three to four hours, right? That week leading up to your period. You also want to reduce your exercise levels to just slow and steady. You don't have to stop exercising altogether. I am an exercise fanatic. I love to work out five to six days a week. I do not like to stop for an entire week to work out, not working out. I just slow it down a little bit. Okay. And that is okay. So those are my two tips to help stabilize your insulin levels, your blood sugar levels, and your cortisol levels, which is your stress hormone. And by doing that, you are going to in turn help to stabilize your progesterone levels and your estrogen levels, which as the domino factor goes, is going to help you have a more healthy cycle, a more fertile cycle, an easier time getting pregnant when you are trying to get pregnant, because keep in mind there, even with doing all these things, you can only get pregnant about 
three-ish days of the month each month. And it's also going to help with other health, such as bone health and hair health and skin health and nail health and weight loss and all those things. Because when your blood sugar level is stabilized, you're going to start to lose weight more easily. You're not going to put the pounds on as more more difficult. Putting pounds on is going to be more difficult. You're going to maintain your weight. You're going to maintain your metabolism much better. So blood sugar balancing is so important. It's actually one of the, it is the first module that I have on my one-to-one coaching in my hormone course. Um, I talk about blood sugar balancing extensively. I talk about the different things you need to balance your blood sugar, what it looks like, example meals, and all the things in my one-to-one coaching. Um, And then the next module after that, I actually talk about how to de-stress. So balancing that cortisol levels. And I give you ways to help balance your, you know, cortisol through exercise, food, um, through different techniques like, you know, self-care practices, really helping to calm your nervous system. And I go through that in the second module. I do that because blood sugar and cortisol are the two top tier hormones that in turn are going to balance that help to balance the rest. So if you are looking for help to help heal endometriosis, PCOS, um, problems with fertility, maybe postpartum depression or other forms of depression and anxiety. Perhaps you're going through menopause or perimenopause. Reach out to me. I'm going to get you through this course. I'm going to get you the tools that you need to help balance your blood sugar, stabilize stabilize your hormones, lose weight, heal, help to heal and feel better, whatever it is that you are going through. Let me know. Um, Obviously, there are lots and lots of pieces to the puzzle, and this could be one of them that you are missing, and I really hope that I am able to help you find some of the other pieces. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a great one. Bye.